Today's episode of the My Cousin Timmy podcast is brought to you by Spiros Bros Media and Timmy's Trivia. Compete, laugh, and win. The only place to be on Saturday night. On today's show, I have an old friend of mine and former college roommate. The guy has been all over the place over the past few years. I like to refer to him to myself as Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> uh, I'd like to welcome Justin Walter to the show. Justin, how's it going? Good, man. Mr. Worldwide, I didn't know I had Pitbull in me. <laughs> you do. You do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. You've been a lot more places than I have been, that's for sure. It's been a good uh, 14 years of travel. Wow. Wow. So just to give you a quick background, Justin and I went to college together. We were roommates our sophomore year. Yep. Uh, and the last time I saw you, I don't know if you remember this, but it was 2012 and I came to LA. I was working for the Washington Mystics, the WNBA basketball yeah. team. And I was said, who do I know in LA? And I, of course I was like, Justin, let's give him a call. <laughs> so Justin came through cause he's a, uh, a good friend and he took me out and another one, another friend of mine went out to some bars and then uh, the next day uh, we went to some hip LA brunch spot. You remember that? <laughs> Wait, which, what was it? I can't, which one was it? Was it, I, it was, I think it was probably in my neighborhood. So it was probably the alcove. Maybe there was a huge line. So yeah, it was really, it was, was really, it was the alcove. Definitely the alcove. Really popular spot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, I don't, I don't know if I, I probably told you this, but I don't know if you remember that night I was staying at the Beverly Hilton oh, okay. and, and, uh, the cast of community, ah! the show that's, that just came up on Netflix recently. Oh, well, yeah. Um, the whole cast was there except for Chevy Chase sitting at a table right next to us, like getting drinks late at night. It was pretty funny. Was that your first celebrity running when you came to LA? Uh, no, I had met a bunch of people from working in sports prior yeah. to that um okay. when i worked at family park like in high school yeah i i had met uh steven tyler and matt damon and cool. tom tom brady and of course all the baseball players and stuff yeah. but nice. but it's different different scene you know yeah yeah so um so justin is a world traveler everyone uh he is a travel writer and Instagram <laughs> poster. Um, what is it? What is it exactly that you do for your current job as a travel writer? Like, who are you working for? Is so it? currently, right now, I am unemployed because of the coronavirus. Uh, okay. All of my travel and TV work that I do stopped. The travel industry is shut down. The television production industry is shut down. But before that, most of my travel-related and gigs are all freelance based. So for the past, oh my gosh, how many years have we been out now? 13 years? For the past 13 years, I've been freelance going job to job. Uh, there's only been a few times where I've been in staff positions for about a year or so. So I basically am an independent contractor doing travel gigs and production gigs. Okay, and where was the last place that you went before you got, everything got shut down? So I had two jobs and uh, clients before shutdown in February. One was Miami Land, which was an initiative to get people to go to Miami to explore outdoors instead of nightlife. And then also to Sun Valley, Idaho, 
it's a tourism board that I had worked with the previous year where I went and did a ski trip in this small town in Idaho, which I absolutely fell in love with. And then this year I went back and did outdoor adventure beyond skiing. So we did snowmobiling and um, hiking in the snow and just like outdoor adventures that weren't related to skiing. So it was a lot of fun. And I went to that at the end of February, got back, and then that's when things started hitting the U.S. in March of the shutdown. Got it. Okay. Uh, now, I had a quick question before we jump into travel and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, were you, did you tell me once that you were a seat filler for like the Oscars or something? No. So I used to work for E! Entertainment. Okay. And I worked the red carpet events for the Oscars. So I actually, oh. for about for four years, I was a writer for the red carpet questions for the Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic team. Uh, so I'd worked a bunch of those like red carpet events, but I had never gone to the, the actual Oscars. I have gone to a bunch of music award shows like the AMAs and some other, uh, the, there's a show, uh, the one in Vegas I've been to. And then there's another one, um, the Billboard Music Awards is Vegas and AMAs in, in LA. So I've gone to a bunch of music shows, but never been to an award show. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and do you still watch Survivor? <laughs> Wait, before I answer that, what do you remember about me and Survivor? <laughs> oh, man. So, like, I knew about Survivor and watched it sometimes, and my parents were really big into it. And I remember, like... One night, sophomore year of college, I came back from a party or something, and there's Justin sitting in the common room, watching Survivor, like yelling and screaming at the TV. And I was like, what is going on here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then lo and behold, I find out that you're this like huge Survivor fan, and um, you like attempted to be on the show. And I know, I know later on, you ended up putting on Survivor type events for companies and friends yeah. and stuff like that yeah so i was just i know i'm i'm asking because my my nephew at watches survivor now the, new, the newest season with my yeah. parents like once yeah. a week and they I just mentioned it to me the other day so i was like oh, i should ask him about that i am still a huge survivor super fan and a fan of the show the show has been on for 20 years so we were wow. i was 15 when that show started, now I'm 35. Huge fan of the show. Uh, it's it's 40th season right now because they did two seasons a year. So this season is all former 20 winners came back and played. So it's been kind of a, a big anniversary season. Mm -hmm. And like your nephew and your parents, I still talk about Survivor on a weekly basis with my parents. So it's really a family show that for 20 years has been the one show my parents and I watch together and still talk about for 20 years. So that's one of the many reasons I love Survivor and it's a family show. And like you said, I have a bunch of friends that I became friends because they're Survivor fans. Uh, we played Survivor games. I've hosted Survivor games. I did some Survivor events and games for a business. Uh, it's, it's a connective tissue in my friends and family that I've had for 20 years. And I still try to get on the show. I've applied every year since I've been 21. Wow. And one day it'll happen. Look at it. I'm on a beach right now in Zoom. So just one day, uh, I promise it'll happen. <laughs> What's the process to apply to be on the show? So it's, uh, you send in a tape 
but that's kind of the more traditional way where you'd send in a tape and apply. Okay. But now it's kind of a combo where you send tapes and apply, but, excuse me, but there are casting producers that actually also in the past have gone out and like looked for interesting people to be on the show. Okay. Uh, but the last two seasons have changed the people running casting. So I think things are changing. So it's really kind of a process of either blind applying uh, where you're just sending in an application video or finding a casting producer that works for the show that will try and pitch you to get on the show. Got it. Okay. So a lot of the reality TV shows have this similar process then. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. You send in a crazy video of yourself and they're like, yeah, oh, this with, guy looks good. <laughs> it's crazy because nowadays Netflix is really dominating right now in the reality category, which is a new thing. Mm -hmm. They have a ton of popular reality dating game shows and the circle did really well, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it. So it's interesting to see even 20 years later, reality is still going strong and it will for a while. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, I have two quick memories from BC that I want to bring up. Yeah. My first, my first, the first two memories that come to mind when I, when I think about you is, uh, you came into my room freshman year, like it might've been like the first week or two of school. And I was, I always kept my door open like a lot of people did in the hallway and you came in the room and you just kind of looked disheveled. You were like, can I take a quick power nap in your room? Wait, wait what? Uh, <laughs> Go on. I think I know why. <laughs> and I was like a power nap. I was like, okay, sure. So you proceeded to just lay down on my floor and put your like hand or your shirt over your eyes. And you literally just took a nap in the middle of my room. <laughs> And I was just like, wow, like, does this even work? Is he really asleep right now? Oh my gosh, I did that in high school after school. Really? Yeah, after school, during high school, I would just go in our family study and lie on the ground and take a nap. <laughs> then 20 minutes, huh? Did you set a timer? I probably, you know, I just let my body do it. I trained myself to power nap. Ah, okay, okay. I don't remember that, but thank you for letting me do it. And I probably did it because I had a crazy roommate. <laughs> So you don't do power naps anymore? I still do. I took one today, actually. So oh, I, awesome. Yeah, I do. Still intact. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into the travel questions because I know I have a lot of questions. Um, pretty sure all the listeners want to know the answers to all these tough, wonderful questions that I have for you. And, you know, I, I do go by the king of questions. Ooh, but that's why you're the trivia guy, too. That's right. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the first question is, you mentioned the uh, kind of independent contractor thing for the travels. Um, how do you get paid for that stuff? How does that work? Do they have you like retainer or like hourly type thing, which I, I don't think is the answer, but. Usually working with tourism boards and brands, it's uh, you negotiate a deal for the specific uh content that they that you agree to so okay. for example um i've worked with tourism boards through an actual travel influencer marketing agency uh the one i usually work with is named travel mindset so what they do is they'll bring they'll pitch me to go to different destinations to feature them through either blogging writing photography social media and then they'll come back and say oh miami land wanted you to come for seven instagram photos and 
X amount of Instagram stories and here's the rate they're offering. What do you want to do? Like kind of back and forth. And it's kind of, that's how every deal is kind of struck where you get connected to a brand or a tourism board. Then they will tell you as the content creator, what deliverables they want. And then you kind of give them um, rates and negotiate based off what the deliverables are. Okay. So, so they pay for your travel to said destination, I'm guessing, and your accommodations. Yes. And then you negotiate a price on top of that yeah, typically, for your time they, and yeah. whatever. Usually they cover travel costs and what you do while you're in the destination, whether okay. it's featuring food or dinners or adventures or whatever they want to feature. They okay. usually cover all those costs. So then the trip doesn't cost you anything. And then the additional, all the work you're doing on it is what then you're getting your rate for in addition to your time. Okay. Um, now, I know when you moved out to LA, you you came from BC, uh, you're a communications major, right? No. No, not at I all. I was a uh, political science major with a philosophy minor. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Scrap that. I was communications major. <laughs> I did take, uh, did you take broadcast writing with me? Did we take broadcast writing together? I took, I took a couple of electives, a speech writing one and a broadcasting one. Maybe. And, and also like now you know stuff. Right. So I know you did the now you know stuff. So I, you moved to LA to be in media, to do radio, TV, stuff like that. Yeah. With the goal and what I've still, I mean, I've been trying to do since I've been here too is uh, I moved here also to pursue on camera hosting which is that's I've done, I've done a bunch throughout my time in LA, but it's nothing that's really been big or national or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So, so how did you fall into the travel realm? So after one, when I studied abroad junior year in FEC, I went through Boston university and did their Sydney abroad internship program. Sucks to be you. <clears throat> Sucks to be you, but it did not when I was living in Australia. Uh, so I did the Sydney internship program, lived in Australia. While I was there, I was obviously one of the very few Boston College people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a completely new group of people. I didn't know really anybody. And during that semester abroad on the weekends, I would travel all throughout Australia and just fell in love with travel and international travel. So then I moved to LA and uh, after a couple years of getting my footing here, in between my gigs, I would have a couple weeks open to, to do things outside of work. So then I just started taking big trips abroad to South America and then Central America. And as I did those trips, I just, I loved photography as a hobby. So I took photos and social media didn't exist back then. Yeah. Uh, and I just had an archive of photos uh, from my travels and then a couple years ago, or maybe like six or seven years ago now, uh, I, I, I worked with a manager and he advised me, you travel a lot, you love traveling, why don't you turn your passion for on-camera hosting and, and writing into travel blogging? So that's how I shifted into the travel space where okay. I, had, I had a manager that said, you know, you love travel, you could try and turn travel into a career with, in line with your other skills and backgrounds working in media. So that was kind of the beginning of my focus on trying to make travel where I pay the checks or uh, not the checks where I pay, you know, pay the bills, you know, I want to yeah. try and make my living. Where bringing travel, in the checks. The bringing in the checks and paying the bills through travel. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So you had a passion and then you got a little push from a, yeah. 
on it's someone. It's always okay. been kind of in, I've, I've done these media jobs and the travel stuff has always been supplementary. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been full-time. I'm not a full-time nomad where I have been traveling the world for like a year or two and that's how I'm paying for my living. I'm not. The travel stuff is in addition to other media jobs and stuff that I do. Got it. Okay. Now, did you travel at all as a kid? Did your family go places internationally or just locally or? Local, well, not locally, domestically. Uh, My family, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. And growing up, we did family vacations to Florida, where we had a family, some an aunt and uncle and some cousins. And then we also had family on the East Coast in New Jersey. So we took family trips to the Jersey Shore, uh, Stone Harbor, New Jersey, uh, in Cape May. Then we also had family in the Chicagoland area where we would do family vacations to the Wisconsin Dells and just kind of locally in the Midwest. So my travel really was kind of family centered domestically mm-hmm. until I studied abroad junior year of college. Okay. So was that the first time you went abroad? First time I technically went abroad was when I went to Mexico for my sister's spring breaks her senior year of high school so that's technically the first time i went abroad then uh at boston college junior year i did uh, a pedro arupe trip where i did a service trip to jamaica so that would be kind of the second time but then the the first time where i really backpacked and traveled for an extended period of time was junior year in australia okay got it um now you mentioned the these your freelance job. They yeah. seem they seem to have pick a place and then they pick you to go and explore for them. Um, but you said you started traveling on your own before that. What was your destination selection process like? Did you have like ten places that you really wanted to go to, or did you like have a very specific methodology when you sat down and be like, I want to go here, here, and here, here. Or did you just kind of spin a globe in your room and point your finger? I wish I need to do that. I want to do that. No. So <laughs> the first trip uh, after I got my footing in LA that I took internationally was with a very good friend of mine. Her name was Jamie and she is a world traveler how I am. And she got me back into the, Oh my gosh, I can do this. I can travel abroad on my own I, and like use Lonely Planet guidebooks. Uh, so we went to Colombia and did a, a two week backpacking trip through the Northern coast of Colombia. And, and that was kind of my first trip in 2000, I believe 10, so about 10 years ago, that really got me back into the international backpacking. Then after that, my selection process was, I always was tried to be guided by what I felt like was calling me. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I would legit, go to a Barnes and Noble bookstore. I would, okay. go to the, I would go to the travel section. I would look at the like Lonely Planet guidebooks in the different parts of the world. And then wherever I felt that I was drawn to like pick out the books, I would pick out two or three. Then I would like flip through the suggested itineraries. I'd read the itineraries and then go with the trip that I felt like the books were calling me the most. And that's literally the process. And I could even show you uh, if I hold on, let me turn this background off. Um, choose virtual background none. If you could see down there, yeah, is a shelf of my Lonely Planet guidebooks, and I have those like every uh, every trip that I go on. That that's kind of my tradition of getting a Lonely Planet guidebook 
and usually I go and like go where what's calling me. Okay, that's the little photo that you like to take with your passport that yeah, I've seen many times. Yeah, at the start times. of every trip. At the start okay. of every trip, I take a photo with uh, my backpacker's backpack. I wear a different hat. I have my passport. I have my Lonely Planet guidebook. And I have a, a big smile on my face. And it's always the moment that I look back at the end of the trip and kind of have that of, wow, that's where I was right on the cusp of this new crazy adventure. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's fun uh, to have little travel traditions. Yeah. And you get to read books too. Yeah. How about that? And well, it's interesting because the Lonely Planet, someone asked me on one of my live travel chats, will guidebooks be like not, they're not going to be up to date or good anymore mm. after coronavirus, which is an interesting thing to note because all of them are filled with like what businesses to go to, where to stay. But after all this, who knows what's actually going to yeah. be thriving. So it is an interesting thing to think about how most travel guidebooks are going to be really out of touch or could be. They typically come out with a new edition every year, those kind of books? Every couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like they're going to need a new edition on all of them. Yeah. Well, you better start writing one. I know. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> um, my wife just walked by. She, Hi, she Amy. Hello, Amy. Yeah. Is she, you, hiding behind, is she hiding behind the desk or the chair behind you? <laughs> no, this is, my, this is my studio here. She's not allowed in. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I, think you knew, I think you knew her before you knew oh, her. Oh, yeah, I knew her. Maybe, yeah, I did, yeah, I knew her before you guys were at item. No, before you even met me, I think. Oh, did, did I? Didn't you meet her like, uh, we were like, in like a, a pre-college? Like Probably, I can't remember. One of those like... Where you have a very good memory. <laughs> one of those special groups that you show up before school starts. I forget. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Anyways, kids must be asleep if she's downstairs. So, um, sorry, just got sidetracked there. Um, how many countries have you been to? Let me look on my app. Uh, I have an app called Bin. Okay. B e e n, and it's a good way to kind of uh, keep track. I think it's around. I'm around the forty range. Um, it's not as much as people think. Typically, people always think it's a lot more than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been to 17% of the world, which is how many countries? Let's see. Why can't I shift it? Um, sorry. Oh, 40, it says 42 countries. So I've been to around 42. Do you wow. typically travel in groups or alone or family? or? Uh, typically over the last 10 years, I've traveled mostly alone actually. Okay. Uh, in a solo travel way where I go to different countries just by myself and meet people along the way and join some groups sometime here and there. And mm-hmm. uh, I really love and thrive in the solo backpacking travel ways for the last uh, 10 years. And now I'm in a place where it's it's fun and nice to go um, more of a combo with with people I've known or um, people that I've met during my travels and mm-hmm. kind of more mixed nowadays than it was okay. uh, in the last 10 years. So when you travel for work on these projects, yeah. um, do they partner you up with someone or is it typically just you? So there's two kind those? of trips. Either one trip is where you'll go or I'll go solo and I'll usually be able to bring a plus one friend. And okay. usually I bring a, a camera person or a friend that's willing to take photos and videos for me. And then the other type of trip is called a press trip. 
where they arrange a specific trip and itinerary where other travel bloggers or writers or photographers or influencers will go on the trip at the same time. For example, last year, or two years ago, is it two years ago now? Oof. Uh, last, I think last year, I went to Carson City, Nevada with a group of, there were six, five or six of us. And the trip was planned where we all stayed at the same hotel. We all had dinners together and meals. We went kayaking on Lake Tahoe. We went skydiving in Truckee. We went to a brewery. So it's like they, it's a planned like three to four day trip where everybody's on it together. So that's okay. a, the alternate type of trip if it's not a solo trip. Okay. And what do you prefer? Uh, I think you kind of touched on it, but I traveling alone. Or... Me and picking a friend. I've had a ton of fun on the group trips, but if there's like one or two bad apples in a group trip, it, it kind of ruins the trip. Oh man. I envy this, this solo travel. It's just like the last time I traveled somewhere with just me and Amy was uh, our honeymoon. Wow. Every trip that we have taken with the exception of a like 12 hour getaway to Disneyland a few months ago, that we've taken in the past four years, really, maybe yeah. maybe five or six years, has been with family. Yeah, wow. So like That's we went- a whole different category. I am not, I, I don't have kids, I don't have a family uh, beyond my like extended family, my immediate family, but I don't travel with them abroad. Yeah, it's so, it makes things, it's nice and everything, but like it makes things so hard when you oh, wanna do something. Yeah. Like we went, we went to Italy a couple of years ago. This was before our oldest was right before our oldest was born. So we're with um, my wife's parents and her brother. And it's just like traveling with a group of five people. Like you have so many things that you want to go do, but it's like not everybody keeps at the same pace and not everybody wants to do the things that you want to do. Yeah. So you have to make sacrifices and it's like, Oh, like how often am I actually going to come here? And I have to make a sacrifice and can't do, you know, certain things that I want to do. And, yeah. and then we went for my 30th birthday, we went to Martha's Vineyard, okay. where I, I spent a summer um, in college. And I was like, oh, I want to go do all the things I did in college. And it was my whole family, my wife's whole family. Oh, my gosh. Three nieces and nephews. And it was like, I couldn't do anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just, it's just tough. So, you know, I, that's why I, I'm curious when you travel with groups and stuff, like it's harder because you probably don't get to do everything that you want to do. Yeah. And I think it's more of like on those type of press trips, it's, you know, going into it, what activities you're doing or what you've asked to do. Yeah. Uh, so there's some flexibility in it and it's, it's fun both ways. I've had really good experiences both ways, but it's safer when it's just me and someone I get to pick to go with mm -hmm. me. And when you go alone, um, have you met someone on one of these trips that you s still keep in touch with afterwards? Or yeah, a lot of I have a lot of friends that I've met on my backpacking trips that I still keep in touch with. Uh, I've even on, on social media through Instagram and Facebook. It's whenever I post travel stuff, I have travel friends from all around the world that will either chime in or say hi or respond to an Insta story I do, and it's it's really nice. And and even in this uh, kind of pandemic experience, it's made me realize how connected I am around the world, which is a really fun thing to realize. And I've had fun doing live chats with friends of mine that are in Germany or in England or in Australia and like all over. 
So it's mm-hmm. been, it's been really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's the typical length of stay for these trips? Like I know you mentioned three to four days when you had um, that work trip. Uh, but when you go, I guess, go on your own, how long do you typically stay in these places? Does it depend like how far you're traveling or? Typically, I would say my average backpacking trip is around two to three weeks. Okay. And then I did do a big, long six-week trip uh, two or three years ago, three years ago, I think, throughout Europe. So that's, that's been my longest, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, doing a six-week trip through Europe. But typically, I'd say two to three weeks. Okay. Um, and what, what would you say are the three most important things besides your iPhone and your passport that you pack for every trip? Like what's essential or like what's, what do you, what do you particularly like that you bring with you? Yeah. Um, so typically I bring music for airplane rides and bus rides and train rides. So I really just kind of zone out with a lot of these trips. There's a lot of long travel and there's specific two bands specifically that I play every time I ride an airplane and okay. it just like, puts me to sleep. Uh, Mumford and Sons and Explosions in the Sky. It's those like those two groups are my go-to travel gr- uh, bands and playlists that okay. I, I literally, they almost like now signal me whatever time of day it is to go to sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've like trained my body that knows how to nap that when I hear those, those that kind of music, I'm on an airplane or I'm traveling. Um, yeah. so I love and need my headphones to listen to music and just kind of, I also like picking songs that almost act as a soundtrack when I'm riding like on a train or when I'm on a bus for a couple hours and I'll try and find like a song of the trip where it just like kind of feels like that song expresses the moment and the feeling of where I'm at. Um, so I kind of really love that. My everywhere I go, like I said earlier, I love my Lonely Planet guidebooks. I really have done a lot of my trips off of the suggested itineraries, but I use it as a guideline. And then along the way, I'll meet people that give me suggestions and help determine where I might go next. Um, what else do I bring? I always have a baseball cap uh, and earplugs for usually I was staying in hostels where sharing in bedrooms and dorms. Nowadays, I don't really do that as much. I try and get a private room. But for a lot of years, I was staying in these group hostels where staying with three to four to 10 people need earplugs uh, to get some sleep. Uh, and then I'm trying to think, and not really, I don't really have anything. I'm, I'm very low maintenance when it comes to what I pack, uh, just underwear, shorts, a couple tank tops, and toiletries. And that's really kind of my go-to uh, packing list. So you fit everything and literally like when you go backpacking, you just have yeah. one backpack and that's it. Yep. And then nowadays yeah. it's nowadays it's just a GoPro and my phone uh, for photography. Whereas before I used to have a Canon DSLR that I would carry on now it's just so bulky. And I, I just kind of just go with the GoPro and my phone as cameras. Okay. So let, let, me, let me get into this Instagram photo taking thing for a minute here. I, uh, I saw this, um, this uh, piece that you did recently um, where you talked about places that you traveled and like the infamous Instagram photo and like the video behind the scenes. Yes. Where like, it's like the picture is just amazing. But like when you look behind the scenes, it's like you're at Disneyland basically. Yeah. 
and there's like all these people waiting in line to get a photo and stuff like that. Um, I see so many people on Instagram that are like, just, you know, taking pictures of themselves and so I'm always, and I'm always like, who's taking this photo of you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but like in your instance, you mentioned that sometimes you take a photographer with you on these yeah. trips because I know like you're basically getting paid to do this. But so there's a lot of people who yeah. take these pictures who are not. And I'm always like, who's taking these photos? But a lot of my photos too are, I just ask strangers to take a photo where I'll set up the shot with my phone. I'll say, hey, can you take a photo of me? Okay. And then I, I'll like say, hey, I want this to look here. I want to be standing here. And then a lot of it too is just kind of doing very simple edits in Instagram. I just do simple color correction and like cropping edits okay. that help the photo look a lot more professional than they actually are. But then the trips that I am getting paid as jobs, those I do typically try and take someone who's a good photographer, who, who is, I'm paying them as well to come on the trip in some way to help uh, take photos. Okay, well, I have a DSLR camera. So the next trip oh, you take- Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm your guy. I, I, your proofs. <laughs> I, 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 need, I need to get out of here. There we go. <laughs> take me with you. Love it. <laughs> um, now, have you been- uh to a place more than once yeah let's let's i guess internationally have you been to a country more than once um yes i'm trying to think i typically don't go back the place that i've gone back to now purposefully to the same place which i usually never do or haven't in a while was berlin germany okay and is that your favorite place what was the reason my you went favorite back? city in the world I usually love outdoor adventure and trekking and hiking and outdoor stuff, but Berlin as a city stole my heart. I went the first time as a solo backpacker after Oktoberfest. So okay. I did Oktoberfest in Munich, and then I ended my six-week Europe trip in Berlin and had such an incredible time. The nightlife and the culture there and the bar scene and the, the club scene is unlike anything I have seen in this, like any, any of my travels. And it was just this kind of experience where people were just so welcoming, friendly. It was crazy, things I've never seen anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of like everyone allowed each other to express who they are and just to be free to kind of be themselves in a way. So okay. that's why I really love Berlin. So I went solo the first time and then I returned this past year um, with a friend of mine that we went for... Uh, the Christmas markets, which was awesome. I typically like beach and tropical destinations and locations. Uh -huh. Going to Berlin and Germany for Christmas markets right before Christmas after Thanksgiving was magical. They were there was there's like hundreds of them. They overtake all the the squares outside, and it's they're all unique. They all have hot mold wine and. Uh, it's it's so magical, and I would recommend if anybody could go to something between Thanksgiving and Christmas abroad, it would be Berlin and Germany for the Christmas markets. Huh. You know, our, our old friend, uh, KY, you remember that guy? Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, so I, I still keep in touch with him, and he actually has been living in Erlangen, Germany, hmm. which I believe is like two hours from Munich. Okay, cool. Um, here's a name. So now that you've said that, maybe we'll go, maybe we'll go there and visit. I got it. Germany is incredible for also during Oktoberfest, like the mm -hmm. whole country has like little Oktoberfest celebrations if you don't go to Munich, but Oktoberfest is so much fun. Like I wore a lederhosen 
girls wear those dresses. And, and it's actually, I have a friend who he and his wife and two daughters just did a trip around the world. They did go to Oktoberfest and he was surprised by how fun it was for his two girls. Uh, he said that, you know, there's all these rides, there's like a um, games and it's a fun environment for kids as well, which I obviously didn't really recognize when I was there. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's get into a couple uh, quick hitters here for you. Yeah, then I got to go to bed. Yeah, no, you're staying yeah. up all night. Um, it's a bit here. What's the craziest? I know I've seen you do some bungee jumping and skydiving. Yeah. What's, a, what's the craziest thing you've done during your travels? The craziest thing I've done during my travels was doing a Via Ferrata uh, in Switzerland. That's the, I would say the top thing. Do you know what a Via Ferrata is? It's a hike on the side of a cliff where yeah. you are, there's like a wire literally thousands of feet off a side of a cliff where you're basically walking the side of the cliff, carabining into wires. There was no expert and no like anyone doing it with you. You just pay at the start and then you go along this like whole route that was insane. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. It, it was definitely, there were points on it where I felt it was scarier than skydiving and bungee jumping. Wow. Uh, those two are, skydiving and bungee jumping I love and they're a thrill, but I think they're more quick thrills. Yeah. Where this was like, I'm scaling the side of a cliff. Uh, so that would be my number one. And then I would say number two would be with my roommate from senior year, Jeff Segan. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, he was my roommate yeah. senior year. He and I did a uh, tour. It's called Tour de Mont Blanc, where we spent, uh, we thought it was going to be 10 days, but we did it, we busted it out in seven, where we hiked over 110 miles around Mont Blanc, which went through uh, France, Italy, and Switzerland. So it was a crazy hike, the craziest, hardest hike I've ever done. Wow. That yeah. sounds insane. I don't like to do anything dangerous. <laughs> I don't take risks. Those are really. fun. Those ones are good. <laughs> so, so our last night when we were on this crazy hike, we set up our tents. We woke up under a blanket of snow on the like at that top like of this mountain. We could, we didn't know where the paths were, and we were like, "This could be our end." Like we just mm. had to, like figure out where to go under the whole place was like covered in snow. I have a picture on my Instagram where I felt like if you watch Game of Thrones, like I had gone beyond the wall. It was crazy. Wow. It was actually felt like looking back kind of dangerous, but we were fine. <laughs> I love that. What's uh, the craziest thing that you've tried food wise while you're traveling? Oh my gosh. Um, I actually like typically when I travel with food wise, I eat budget. I'm not okay. really a big foodie. Uh, but when I was in Thailand, the street markets, I can't remember, but just kind of a gross bug or two. I can't remember specifically what it was. <laughs> But, you know, I, well, I was going to try Balut in the Philippines, which is actually featured on the TV show Survivor a lot. Uh, but it, it was when I saw it at the beach, I just didn't have the stomach to try it. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever found yourself in an uncomfortable situation or like a place where you were kind of scared to be in while you were traveling? The only place that I kind of felt... Um, possibly was when I was in Johannesburg's uh, South Africa because more because people told me it was dangerous but I haven't ever found myself knock on wood and thankfully in a situation that I really felt was dangerous uh, and the time that comes to mind was when I was in Johannesburg just because other people said be careful it's dangerous on the streets and where I stayed with my Airbnb 
they told me like, don't walk down this path or come back before night and all of that. So I would say that would be where I felt like I had to be the most cautious uh, on my travels. Okay. All right, Justin, a couple more questions here. Then um, we're gonna get into our uh, lightning round trivia for you. I'm gonna, gonna bomb it. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm so excited for you to bomb that. I'm bad at trivia. Um, have you ever shown up to the airport not knowing where you're going? Ooh. Um, and just like gone and gotten a ticket randomly? Yeah, just like looked at the board and say, where are these flights going? And just picked one. No, but I would have and could have done that this year uh, before the pandemic hit because I have uh, some United flights this year. Uh, a friend of mine made me their buddy pass. So this is the year that I was going to do stuff like that, where I could have gone on standby flights on United, uh, but that obviously is not happening. Right. So bummer on that. Um, I have not showed up to the airport where I didn't know and just picked a random spot. I would love to do that, though. I think that sounds super fun. Yeah, I've seen it in movies, and I always just picture it. Like, I haven't Justin, done it. I haven't done it. I bet Justin's going to do it. He'll do it. You'll do it someday. I want to. Yeah, I definitely want to. Okay, Justin. So this Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Timmy's Trivia, our theme this week is America. Okay. Um, and I know that you've been to some really cool places. So I was wondering if you could tell our audience um, what your top three or a few um, experience uh, destinations in America that are kind of under the radar places to visit. Okay. Um, first thing that comes to mind is Zion National Park. I've, it's in Utah. It is beautiful. There's amazing, incredible hikes, three really adventurous hikes, um, Angel's Landing, Observation Point, and the Narrows. I've gone twice to do all three of those hikes. Some of the best hiking I've ever done in the United States and Zion is just a beautiful, beautiful park that I highly recommend. Um, where else? I'd say another outdoor park is in Arizona outside of Sedona um, called Slide Rock Park. I like have a kind of a nostalgia of going there uh, with my cousins when I was in my, I think freshman year or sophomore year of college actually. And there's like this natural water slide park kind of place uh, where you can ride down the water. There's some cliff jumping where you can jump from cliffs off the side of a bridge. And I went there as a kid uh, in college. And then a couple years ago, my friend Amy and I went there on our way to go do a, a spiritual retreat. So I really love Slide Rack Park outside of Sedona. Um, as an adult, Chicago. I am from Chicago, but... I never really explored and did the city up as an adult living there. The last couple of years I've gone back, I have loved being in and going out in Chicago. The people are incredible. The food and deep dish pizza and Portillo's is amazing. Cubs games are awesome. The bar scene is friendly and fun. And I really think Chicago is an incredible destination. And I wish that I would have maybe lived there a little bit as an adult. Good to know. I will try to visit. I've been to Chicago a couple times as an adult. Um, yeah. But the Zion National Park sounds awesome. So maybe awesome. we'll try to I check a, it out. I have a video on my, on my uh, Around the World in 80 Seconds video series. I have one that does an 80 second adventure through those three hikes. And it gives a very good picture of what the different hikes look like. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it. Do you play trivia, Justin? 
No, I'm terrible. No. When was the last time you did play? A couple years ago, trivia with friends at a bar, and I'm usually the least valuable player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Ten tough questions with the king of questions. Are you ready? Uh, sure. You can say pass if you don't know the answer, or you can guess. Okay. All right. The first question is this. Now, for our fans, before we get into this, Justin is from Naperville. Uh-oh. Correct? Yes. Illinois. Yeah. How far is that from Chicago? About 45 minutes outside of Chicago. 45 minutes. Okay, here we go. This Illinois town has a population of 43 people and is also the capital of a state on the East Coast. Oh my gosh. Um, well, the light got a little brighter. It's a capital. Five seconds. Five. Oh my God, I have four, no idea. Three, two, uh, one. No idea. What All is right. it? Annapolis. Okay. So it's Indiana. Hmm? Oh, no. Oh, you said it's the way. Where did you say it was? The, the town is Annapolis. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it, right. got it. And Annapolis it. is the capital of Maryland. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I thought you said Indiana. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Illinois? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. My bad. Justin, listen to the questions. Wait, you have to put your All right. I, on. Okay, go. <laughs> Naperville yes. has a population of around 143,000 people. Okay. How many Illinois cities have a larger population? Chicago, definitely. Um, there's got to be a couple. I'd say five. Very close. The answer is four. Chicago, uh, Chicago Aurora. Aurora's? Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Jo uh, Joliet. Oh, yeah, Joliet. And Rockford. Yep. I didn't know Aurora is bigger than Naperville. Wow. Mm, there you go. Hometown trivia. That's right, baby. I'm here to, I'm here to oh ask you God. the tough questions. Uh, what year was Naperville founded? 1864. Close. You, I thought you were going to say 1863, and I was like, that's BC. You're thinking of the wrong number. <laughs> 1831. I remember the 18 from the sign at the Naperville settlement. Very, I remember the second two. Very, days. very close. Yeah. Uh, the Colorado River runs through this national park for 277 miles long, but it's actually located in Arizona. Looking for the national park here. Oh, Grand Canyon. That is correct. I know that one. I went there as a kid. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> have you been to the Grand Canyon? Yes, I have. Yeah. Awesome. Two things. Yeah. Okay. Now I'll get a little sports trivia for you. I'm the worst, dude. I've here seen you wearing a Cubs hat, so I know you're a yeah, Cubs I'm fan. Yeah, I'm terrible at sports trivia. Here we go. The Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Yep. When was the last time the Chicago White Sox won? Oof. I don't know. I have no idea. All right. 2005, they beat the Houston Astros four games yeah, to I zero. I was here in L.A. at a Cubs bar during that, and it was – one of the most fun, obviously, Cubs games I've ever watched. It was amazing. In 2016, you're talking oh, about. So good, yeah. Love that. Yeah, I awesome. know. I can remember you in your Cubs hat. Yeah. All right, here's, here's a good one for you. A graduate of Naperville Central High School. I didn't okay. go there. Naperville. Okay. 
He did not go there. Yeah. She won two WNBA MVPs in addition to two NCAA national championships. It's Candace. That is correct. Yeah, I know. It's Candace. She was, what year did she graduate? Uh, two years uh, after us, I believe. Yeah, I, remember, I was in high school when she was like a star at Naperville Central. Yep, Can- Candace Parker. Yeah, Candace Parker. Uh-huh. Okay, here's another one for you. Born in Naperville, Illinois, this MLB pitcher won a World Series with the Astros in 2017. No idea. <laughs> All in- Naperville? He was from Naperville? He was born there. Okay. I don't know if he went to high school there, but... No clue. Colin McHugh just got signed by the Boston Red Sox. Yep, I don't follow baseball. Okay, here's a couple more up your alley here. Uh, I know you've been to Burning Man. I have. Okay, I love those photos. I yeah. <laughs> love, love to hear about it another time on a different not, podcast. Not on the podcast. <laughs> uh, what year did Burning Man start? Oh, my God. 19 I went to what was I was at the I was to I went to to it's uh from the information I got it first started in 1986 oh 86 okay sure but you've been there, so you might have more reliable information. No, that's probably right. I just made that number up. So Okay. Were you born in 86? I was born in 84. Oh, you're older than me. How about that? Okay, two more, Justin. Here we go. According to World Atlas, what is the most traveled city in the U.S. behind New York, which is number one, okay. and Chicago, which you just talked about, which is number two? I would, I would guess number three is Los Angeles. That is, is that, that is incorrect. Is it Miami? I thought those were the answers as well. Los Angeles was actually number five. Would Miami? Miami was like eight. Wait, let me think what else it could be. Las Vegas, I think, was number, oh. was number seven. Oh, wait, what would number three be? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Let's see, let's see if you have any airplane knowledge. This is a the hub for Delta Airlines. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Wow. I don't know if they have they have a lot of conferences there or something. Oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. but it said 52 million people a year wow. visit visit Atlanta. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, Justin. Last question here. Number okay. 10. Freshman year of college, we made a sign, four signs that said ESPN. What did each letter stand for? Do you remember this? It was the first game of our freshman year against Wake Forest. Oh, my gosh. We made a wait, – wait, what? Wait a second. No, look, I take that back. It was the first night game versus Miami. Oh, my gosh. And we brought the signs to the game, and they took them away from us after about 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I, your memory is insane, dude. What did it say? <laughs> ESPN stood for – Eagles super fans penetrate end zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, your memory is insane. I don't remember these things. Good for I, you. I remember that you helped the most with uh, coloring in the letters. Wait, which letter did I have? I actually remember those signs now. Oh geez, I don't. I don't know. We have. A, I have a picture of it somewhere. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy! Wow. If I can find the photo, I'll, I'll send oh. it to you. Oh, the good old college days. Um, but. Uh, 
That's the end of our tough, 10 tough questions for oh. Timmy's sponsored by Timmy's Trivia. Justin, you got one or two out of 10, correct? This is why I don't play trivia. <laughs> my, last, my last guess got four out of 10. So well, I did you not your worst. You didn't do too bad. Yeah. Um, but Justin, before we go, is there anything uh, you want to tell our audience about what you're working on now? They should follow you on Instagram or any yeah, travel so projects you're doing. So during the quarantine, I have focused kind of my travels on doing live Instagram chats and doing blogs where I reached out and talked to a lot of my travel friends to contribute. I'm in the works of doing a little travel talk show and uh, at home from at home with another travel host friend of mine and also a possibly like a travel game show uh, to do with a, a brand. So just kind of some fun projects, but also trying to learn how to relax and uh, get ready before work starts happening again. And after that, we'll be, you know, hopefully not having long pauses again. Yeah. And what, what's the first thing you're going to do once the quarantine's lifted? That's a weird thing. Cause I don't, it's not going to be like lifted, lifted, you know, it's just like yeah. these phases. So I think travel within the U S first before going abroad mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe going to see some family back in Chicago or go to a national park and do some outdoor adventuring here in the United States. Uh, because I don't think we'll be leaving the country very fast in like kind of how we used to. And then, and so, yeah, those would be kind of be at the top of my list. Okay. Well, well I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get in a car and drive down to San Diego. It's only 90 minutes from where you live and you yep. and I, you and I are going to get some surfboards and we're going to go surf. Done. I, 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 Learned how to surf in Australia, and then I have a foam board here, uh, but I'm not good. My surf skills are just as good as my trivia skills. Yeah. So I have fun getting up and falling, and I'll get up like maybe once or twice, but I definitely enjoy it. It's a really good workout. It's great to get out on the water, and when they open the beaches, that sounds like really fun to do. Come on down. I've only been surfing twice, and I'm terrible. Nice. So Good for you. Um, all right. Well, you guys can follow Justin on Instagram at A E W Justin. All right. He's got some really great content, some awesome photos um, of everywhere in the world. Uh, if you're looking for travel advice, he's your man, uh, Mr. Worldwide here. Justin, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. It was really great catching up with you. Yeah, you too. Um, Good to see you. It's really been too long, uh, yeah. and I hope to keep in touch with you uh, yeah. a little bit more frequently going forward. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Keep it up. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll so talk to good, you soon. Have a good one. All right. Take care.